yesterday about the uh, Kohen, like the king that wanted to be the Kohen Gadol and then sent all the all the uh, the the sages of the time away. Was that on on Zev was asking yesterday, what does that just discovered mean? How they find it? And in other words, Zev was wondering if there's some kind of conspiracy over here. So, no. My question was, how could the king want to be the Kohen Gadol, and then when they don't let him, he then exiles and kills all the other Rabbanim? How could you go from one extreme of wanting to be the Kohen Gadol to the the exact opposite of now killing all the Rabbanim? Okay, so apparently his desire to be Kohen Gadol was similar to the Haftera of last week, where we read the words, Uman Shmi Yichbal Hashem. For the sake of my honor, God's name should be honored. God should be honored. I want God to be honored, but only for the sake of my name. So the amazing thing is that the, the two discoveries last week were by two different people, two different organizations, which published these two different talks. And they're both from the same for bringing. First, we had we learned yesterday the Rebbe's talk, which was said after the mimer that we're about to learn, and another mimer independently was found last week as well, which we're going to learn right now. This mimer, although it talks about the Machachodesh, talks about the Haftera of when Rosh Chodesh is the day after Shabbos, there is uh, the theme of the Haftera is about the coming of Mashiach. And it's therefore very, very pertinent to now because we're expecting Mashiach any moment. And it's not only about the coming of Mashiach, there's, there's so, this mimer is so rich, of so many different topics that uh, such, such revelation in this mimer, such, so many new ideas in this mimer, which are, um, uh, for me, they're very brand new. I'm sure Chassidus discusses lots of these ideas. If you see note one, uh, they quote many memorum where many of the concepts in the mimer are discussed, but uh, every mimer, uh, every mimer has its chiddush, every mimer has, has, has its novelty. I think, if I remember, if I remember correctly, the, the Rebbe Rashab uh, said before he says a mimer, he thinks about like which soul he is aiming for. He, the, the, a mimer is is meant to capture a soul, and uh, I guess. It depends a lot of, on who is open to be to being caught, but I think uh, a mimer that just arrived after 60, 65 years, a message from the Rebbe that just arrived now, is something that uh, something that, 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 that catches our eyes. You know, we're waiting for Sheikh to come, and here a message from the Rebbe arrives. It's, it's special. When it's when was it? Bring and said. In nineteen sixty one, Shmini. One of the um, uh, teachings that Samach Sedek that highlight this idea is that fish are always in the water. And yet, when it rains, the fish rise to the top of the water to receive rain. Something brand new comes from the Rebbe, it's, it's something different. So, ju- just give some uh, basic uh, understanding of the Haftera before we get into the Kabbalistic stuff that's going on over here. Um, the Haftera begins, the, the Mimer is based on the first Pasuk of the Haftera of Erev Rosh Chodesh Shabbos, when 
the day before Rosh Chesh falls out on Shabbos. And Yenison says to David, Yenison is well aware that his father is angry at David and wants to kill David, but they don't really know to what extent this is. Is it really wants to kill him? Is he just angry at him? Will it subside? Where is he up to? So Yenison says to David, tomorrow is the first day of Rosh Chedesh. Your seat being empty at, at my father's meal will cause you to be remembered. So for three days, he tells him, you should go down and hide yourself well. And come to the place where you hid on the day of the incident when the incident referring to the king promising Yenison he'll never kill David. And sit there by the traveler's stone. And Yenison tells David, I'm going to shoot three, hour, three arrows and I'll tell a child there, say, hey, go, there's, there's arrows. And if I say to the child, the arrows are on the side of you, you should take them and come back because that means it's safe. But if I say to the young man, the arrows are beyond you, then go because God has sent you. And so sure enough, David hides at the meal. Yenison is, is, is attacked by his father, King Shoal. Why is Ben Yishai, why is David HaMelech not here? And um, the Shoal is angry at Yenison's excuses why David hasn't shown up. And from the words that Shoal uses, uh, Yenison can tell that things ain't good and he should, he should, not, he should not come back. And they, so David and Yenison meet again and uh, the um, they meet by the traveler stone, and they, they, they indeed, Yenison shoots the arrow, and he tells us, the child that the, the arrow is beyond you, and then he, very emotional meeting with David HaMelech, and they cry, and they kiss, and uh, and it says in the, over in the Pasuk, they, they kissed one another, and wept with one another, until David wept greatly, more than Yenison. That's the simple translation of the Pasuk. David cried more. And they swore to each other to always be dedicated to each other. That's the theme of the Haftar. Now, uh, we're going to learn about the Kabbalistic meaning of this Haftar. I'm going to quote from various verses in the Haftar. And we're going to see what the Kabbalistic meaning of it is. Um, speech in general, in, in Kabbalah, when, in Chassidus, or even in the simple sense in the Torah, when it says that God spoke to someone, what's the meaning of God speaking? I mean, we're, we're all uh, uh, conditioned by media to uh, imagine voices and stuff, but that's not really what it means when it, says, when it says that God spoke to someone. God spoke to someone means God revealed himself to someone. Like the Alteb writes in Sharicha uh, Ramuna, he writes that, that when it says that God spoke to someone, it means that God revealed himself to the mind of the prophet. Alteb there is talking about how creation, the meaning of creation is, is that the letters of God, letters of God's words, and he said, let there be light, those letters are animating uh, every single thing in the world. 
So the letters themselves are in the rocks and the in every, or the sky or in every single creation in the world. They're there because God's words, God's letters, are animating them. In a similar way, the Alter says that when it says in the Torah, God spoke, that means the 22 letters of the Aleph base are revealed into the intelligence of the Navi. So in their thoughts and their words, God's uh, God's letters and of uh, in, in the letters of holiness of divinity are revealed into the mind of the Navi. There's no uh, it doesn't work like, it, like 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 in Hollywood. There's revelation, and the prophet feels this in his mind, in his heart, in his words, in his thoughts, and that's similar to other places in the Torah where we find the word Vayoyimer, he spoke, it's not only about a conversation, it also means at times a revelation. And the revelation uh, is what Yenison was giving David. It wasn't just Yenison was talking to, talking to David, Yenison was revealing godliness to them. To understand what the revelation is, you have to know what Yen, the word Yenison means, I want to understand the kind of revelation he was giving to David. We also have to understand what, what level David is, and I want to know what he received. What is puzzling, which needs to be explained in this mimer, is that it seems that Yenis and the David are both the same level. Yenis and the David are both the level of Malchus. And uh, the question, they're both about the revelation of Galenus into Malchus. So then what is the meaning of Yenison speaking to David, Yenison revealing to Malchus, Yenison is Malchus. Yud Vov, the first letters of Yenison's name, are numerically equivalent to 500. And that is connected to Malchus because the last letter of God's name, the letter He, is connected to the sphere of Malchus. And that Sphira, that, le- that level, when it is multiplied by 100, uh, it is 500. That, that's the Sphira of Malchus. So, Yenison is that Yud Kevav is, which is, Yud Kevav is um, the first three letters of God's name. They're going into Nasan, they're going into uh, 500, they're going into Malchus. Yud Kevav is going into Malchus. That's what Yehenison itself means. Yehenison means Yud Kevav is going into Nasan, going into Malchus. Nasan is 500. And so Yud Kevav, Nasan means that there's a divine flow from the spheres of Atsilus into Malchus. But David is also the sphere of Malchus. David is called one of the legs of God's chariot. And he represents, he, he expresses the spirit of Malchus. In general, it says that um, various people revealed different parts of their soul. Um, we all are given nefesh, ruch, neshama, chayechida. But David HaMelech, it says that he, his life, his persona, expressed, if I remember correctly, the level of nefesh, which corresponds to Malchus. David's Sira is about his obedience to Hashem. So in the Godhead, in divinity, the David HaMelech's Sphira, just like he was a king, he was, he expresses the Sphira of Malchus. He, 
the idea of a king in general, in Yiddishkeit, isn't just that there should be someone that tells us what to do. The idea of a king, the whole purpose of a king, is express an expression of God's sovereignty in this world. God wants things to get done, and the king is meant to be, there were many that weren't, but the, the king, the, the monarchy of David HaMelech and, the, and all the kings from David HaMelech until Mashiach, they're meant to be these great tzaddikim who they express God's will in this world. So by the people being subservient and committed to the king, they're in turn committed to Hashem. So David HaMelech is the sovereignty of, of Hashem expressed in this world. So Yonason transferring godly energy to David seems to be nothing's happening. Because Yonason is the divine flow of the series of Atzils into Malchus, and David's also Malchus. So what's the meaning of Yonason talking to David, of a divine flow of Yonason to David? It's all the same. It's all, all about the divine flow of the series into Malchus. So, in short, where what we discover is, is that there are two levels within Malchus. Malchus means sovereignty. Sovereignty is connected to speech, just like a king rules with his words, he expresses, communicates uh, with his words. Leadership is associated with communication. There is a person himself, and there is a way he leads others, the way he communicates to people outside of him. So the Surah Malchus is about how Hashem, so to speak, communicates, creates a reality that is outside of godliness. He creates a world, he creates a thing that is non-godly. That's why the Malchus is associated with speech, just like when we talk, our words leave us and are separated from us. Speech is associated with something, a reality that's disconnected from the speaker. I'm talking to you, you're not me, and my words leave me and go to you. So too, Hashem's words that create the world of, of uh, all the worlds, Hashem's words, so to speak, are creating an, a reality that feels, it's not true, but it feels that it's a separate entity from Hashem. It's not God, it's not Hashem. That's the meaning of Hashem speaking. So it creates a reality, a reality that's not godly. But in that itself, there are two stages. Just like in our own words, there is the ability to speak and there is the speech itself. There's also the information that we convey with our words. So in a similar way, there is the world of Atsilus, which is above Malchus, which is the intellect and feelings corresponding to us in our lives, our thoughts and feelings. There's a way all those thoughts, thoughts and feelings channel into our ability to speak. We haven't spoken yet, but we have the ability to speak. And then there is our actual communication where we actually uh, uh, talk. So there's, there is processing, there's a process to communicate. First, you have to channel what you want to say and know what you want to say and, and be ready to say it. And you actually say it. So in Kabbalah, those are two different, different levels. There's a level called the ocean. The ocean is the recipient from the spheres above it. All rivers flow into the ocean. So there is something that of all the spheres that flow into Malchus. And Malchus hides the divine energy in the spheres above it. Remember, Malchus is trying to create a reality that is separate from Hashem. So the first thing Malchus has to do is to take what the spheres above it 
and then hide that godly energy in them. And then Malchus can then go in the second element of Malchus, which is to transfer this godly energy that Malchus has received to create a separate entity, the worlds beneath Malchus, creation. So Malchus is called ocean, and Malchus is called earth. It's called ocean because it receives from the spheres above it. Just like all the rivers flow to the ocean, Malchus receives from the spheres above it. And Malchus is called earth because Malchus creates the earth. Malchus creates a separate entity. So David and Yenison, they correspond to these two levels within Malchus. So there is a divine flow of Yenison in that silo still. And there's divine flow as the godliness is revealed in the lowest level, the way godliness comes into the place of separation in David. So the divine flow of Yenus into David is about the godly revelation into a place of separation. What's fascinating to me also, by the way, I don't know if you heard the Fabrengen last night, but Rabbi Shanowitz, he shared how the Rebbe once, in the middle of a mimer, um, said, I'm saying this mimer not because it's so pertinent to the mimer, but because the world needs it. Now, I, I once heard this, a similar thing before, and I, I was wondering if it was true, and uh, what I heard before was that Rabbi Klein, all of a sudden, um, he mentioned some issue, I think the issue was a hunger in some place in the world, and the Rebbe said that is why he mentioned the mimer, Moz and Levush Bayes. He spoke about the basic needs in Kabbalah. There are um, three levels which, which are represented by three human needs, uh, food, clothing, and shelter. So the Rebbe said he mentioned the mimer, food, clothing, and shelter because of the need of that place in the world. Now, I heard that story, and it didn't bring a, a direct source to Rabbi Klein. It just said, it didn't, it didn't bring a source. I, I doubted that story. I was wondering, is that really true? Did that really happen? So I haven't still found these sources of that story. I can't tell you if we did or didn't. But, I, but just the fact that that, that that exists, that the Rebbe said, I'm saying this mimer about health because the generation needs a refua, uh, and that was, and it's just an amazing thing. And a similar thing in this mimer, um, the Rebbe talks to this mimer about how the divine flow revelation is in the, in the world of Atsilos is parallel to the mitzvah of visiting the sick. Just like when you visit someone who's sick to make them feel better, so too there's a revelation of Hashem, of the wine of Torah, and that revelation of Hashem, of the wine of Torah, is like visiting the sick in the world of Atsilos. It's, it's Hashem's way of sending comfort to the world of Atsilos. It's a revelation of Galilee. So that's, of course, it doesn't speak at length about this in the Mimer, but he, uh, of course, whatever is happening in the world of Atsilos, there's a letter of the Rebbe, someone asked the Rebbe, why is it so important to learn about all these worlds above us? And the Rebbe basically says, whatever happens here is a result of what happens over there. The real news isn't happening here. The real news is happening in the world of Atsilos. What happens here is a result of what happens in Atsilas. So if there is Bikr Chaim, if Hashem is comforting the sick and visiting the sick, like he visited Avram Avinu, he healed Avram Avinu, so uh, if that's happening in the world of Atsilas, that certainly is going to be manifest here as well. So I thought that it was just fascinating, this memory is discovered, and this is uh, a, a, a major point in the Mimer, a revelation of Hashem is, is similar to Bikr Chaim. Anyways, um, I know that 
uh, we don't have that much time, and I apologize for coming late. Let, let's at least do the uh, first section of the Mimer inside. I think it's also apropos that we have uh, Jonathan Knapp from Merit Israel online here. Whoa, I was wondering, I was hoping that this, uh, I was actually thinking of sending him this Mimer because I was thinking like, this is like his Mimer, especially because he's so into Johannesson. And this mimer actually starts as with, with and listen to the words by Gamer Lo Johannesson. Okay, awesome. Look at that face. Ah, by Gamer Lo Johannesson, Machachesh Gamer, and Johannesson told David Amalech tomorrow is her Shchedish. The conversation of Johannesson to David is actually divine energy flowing from Johannesson to David. Malchus is called Knesset Yisrael. literally means the gathering of the Jewish people. Malchus is called Knesset Yisrael because Malchus is the source of all neshamas. All souls emanate from Malchus of Atzilus. Yes, every soul has various stations and various... Uh, souls aren't necessarily uh, referred to as coming from Malchus of Atzilus. You may discover someone's soul coming from Malchus of Asiya, like it says in chapter 18 in Tanya, but that's just because a soul moved there from Malchus of Atzilus and lived and was changed by this, the, the world that it moved to. But all souls come from Malchus of Atzilus. So that's why Malchus is called Knesset Israel, the gathering of the Jewish people. Um, just one point, that's what we mean when we say in davening, may there be the unity of Kuchabrichu. And Shchinte, Kuchabrichu is referring to the spirit above Malchus, the divinity which is infinite and higher than level of speech. We're asking that, that just like when I do a mitzvah, I'm connecting my soul with Hashem, I'm connecting my soul which comes from Malchus, with godliness, so I'm asking that Kud Shabrichu should join with Shkinte, and not only should Hashem have the pleasure of my soul joining with him, but there should be Yichud Shabrichu Shkinte, the Alter says in chapter 41 in Tanya, we, we ask Hashem that all souls should be united with, with, you, with you, not just me, but all the Shamas Yisrael, all the souls of Israel, they should all be bound with you. That's a selfless request. We ask Hashem that you should, all your children should come home. All your all the Eden should become one with you through Terimitzis. They've actually said that it's not our custom to say this before every mitzvah because it's a very altruistic request. Not always are we so altruistic. And therefore we recite this request only once a day, although this is the theme of every mitzvah. Other people, Sephardim, Pelashachsidim, they have the custom of saying this before every single mitzvah they do, before they put on tzilm, they say, before they say, before they daven, and even there's, there's from the Melech of Lezhensk, in Settle Cotton, he says, before you take a bite of food, you should say, because whenever Jew eats, and eats the sake of Hashem, and it also accomplishes the same thing. But we only say this once a day, before Baruch Sha'amar, because that's when we're in the most uh, sensitive spiritual state to, to mean it. Anyway, so Kuchabrichu refers to the spheres of Zah, above Malchus, the spheres of Hashem, which are above the level of speech. And we're asking the Abish, there should be a divine flow should flow 
inter malchus inter schinnen. Om de saim at David Higdil en de pasuk de haftera finishes. It's not the last verse of the haftera, but the uh, the story basically finishes with the words David until David uh, cried more. And it sounds literally, the little translation, not that David cried more, David became great. And it seems like the way the Rebbe is presenting it, I didn't see this in other mimer where the Rebbe is quoting from, but I'm, I'm guessing David becoming great means that the divine flow has hit David, has reached David, and that's why Malchus has ascended. David becoming great isn't just about David crying, but David Higdil is, is about David receiving something and reaching God on a higher level. Okay. Let's uh, wrap this up for today, guys. Have a wonderful day. And we will get into this moment tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. Zai Gizun.